welcome to the latest episode of the La Liga Talks podcast, where we bring you closer to the people who live and breathe the best league in the world. On today's show, we speak with Villarreal forward Ben Brereton Diaz. He tells us about his rise to professional football, his new life in Spain, and we get to know a bit more about his personal life. But before we get into the interview, here's the latest news from La Liga. Welcome to another episode of La Liga Talks. Thanks for all the support, follows, reviews and feedback you've given so far, guys. We really appreciate it. I'm here today with Oli. Hi, guys. Yeah, it's just me and Luke today. Uh, Carla's away in the north of Spain on a work trip. So we'll be with you, bringing you all the La Liga news and an interview today on today's episode. Exactly, Oli. And we can't wait another Brilliant weekend of La Liga football has just gone by and not only does the fairy tale story continue, it's actually starting to gather more strength week on week at the moment. Girona, top of the league and deservedly so. Savini with a cross, Stuani can win it, Stuani's won it, it's 4-2 to Girona, Stuani scores and there's no way back now for Xavi's Barcelona, Barcelona 2, Girona 4. An incredible game in Montjuic on Sunday night between league leaders Girona and Barcelona. And it was Michel's 100th game in charge of his side, Girona. And what a way to get your 100th game, a victory away from home at Barcelona. It's it's the stuff of, of fairy tales. What you've just said there, Oli, I think the opponent here stands out maybe more than anything. We've seen many good performances from Girona this campaign already, but of course going away and beating Barcelona at their own game. That really stands out. And honestly, we'll go through the match now, but the last few minutes of that first half were some of the best football I've seen this season. But that first half, they didn't have it all their own way either, right? I mean, as a neutral watching on this game, I actually thought Barcelona created many chances in the first half and they didn't seem to be lacking too much there. But as the game continued, Girona continued to step it up, right? Barca, they did create chances. Um, they got their goal in the 19th minute from a corner. Um, but that's the thing about this Barca team. They have quality. They can punish you in whatever moment. And Girona defensively were solid. But, you know, a corner, Lewandowski got up and headed it. Um, and then the the game kind of ebbed and flowed in the first half. Both sides showed their quality. We, we, we know both sides can play football. And there's quality all over the pitch. But... I think like man of the match was, was Miguel Gutierrez and that moment in the 40th minute is one he'll never forget. You know, he used to play for Real Madrid. I think he's a Real Madrid fan. Scoring against Barcelona, away from home to bring his side to the top of the table. You know, at the time, he knew the significance of the goal and he let his emotion out in the celebration. Right? It was amazing to watch. I mean, that goal, guys, I know I've mentioned it already. The first half, honestly, the end of that first half, the football Girona were playing mesmeric and obviously it culminated in that goal. Go back, watch the highlights, guys, and look at how that goal was built up. It was incredible. This is why I love this Girona team because they didn't come to Barcelona and they, they didn't, you know, sit back, absorb the pressure and play on the counter-attack. They did in moments, you know, that's expected. You know, Barca are going to have possession, but Girona are so comfortable in possession as well. And what I love is that in difficult positions on the pitch, in their own corner, in their own back line. They're so comfortable on the ball. You know, they can pass it round, triangles, one-twos, 
turn out, hit it wide, because they have that pace on the wing. And when they're patient with the ball, they trust the process. You know, Mitchell has instilled this, this calm on the pitch, I would say. And he has players that can bring that calm, like Alex Garcia in midfield, Ivan Martin. Um, these guys can play football, you know, they're technical players and working their way out of those difficult situations, which then culminate in these chances, which Miguel Gutierrez finished with what he said in the post-match interview. It was a toe poke, but sometimes toe pokes can be so effective because you're not expecting it. You're not expecting that, you know, the way the ball flies when you hit it with the top of your foot. I would agree. The goalkeeper looked like he had been sort of caught on his toes with that. It's impossible to read those sorts of shots at the, at the same time. Um, Ollie, it would be impossible and slightly ridiculous for us not to mention one other player whilst we're talking about these players. And I know it's somebody you wanted to speak about. The super sub, Christian Stuani. Talk to me about him. This is the thing. You know, we have there's so many elements to this this Girona team. They have the quality on the wings, they have Shigankov, Savinho, they have really good fullbacks. And they have Dalvik, who's been one of the Stanley players in the league this season. And then they have this guy they can bring off the bench, Christian Stuani, who is so brilliant at doing that. You know, in his last two games, he's made two substitute appearances. He's only played 32 minutes in the last two games. He scored three goals and got one assist. That's a goal involvement every eight minutes in his last two. In incredible. Games. And it's actually really interesting because if you speak to if you speak to people about the title race, which we'll do in the mo- in a moment, then people would usually say, what's the one big criticism maybe this Turner side has got? It's a lack of depth. And if they've got this sort of super sub coming off the bench, I can't see a lack of depth personally. Yeah, yeah, Stuani. He's such a he's such an imposing character as well. You know, he's got that leadership ability and he comes on and he's not afraid of Barcelona. He's not afraid of their defenders. He gets he gets involved with Araujo. And that's what happened with the goal. You know, Gazaniga, big kick up, which you have to do at times. And Stuani, he knew Stuani. He, knew, he knows how, how much quality Stuani has, how comfortable he is in that position. Heads it down. Valerie gets it. You know, 3-1, it's just like... At this stage, Girona, they can't believe their eyes. I mean, there was lots of Girona fans in the stadium in Montreal and yeah, they were loving it. But there was one more scare in an incredible game, right? Um, talk us about what happened pretty soon after that goal. I mean, at that stage, I'm thinking, right, you know, 80 minutes gone, you know, Girona will see this out. Barca came back at them. Gundogan, who I have to say was, was probably Barca's standout performer on the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely quality. Um, a, a complete menace to Girona throughout the whole game. He got the goal, a lovely goal, on the turn, finishing the corner. And you're thinking, right, 92 minutes gone, 3-2. You know, can Barca come back and get the draw? It was Girona who, who had the, the last say, I would say, with Sabino, of course, down the left, a constant threat, chips it to the back post, Christian Suhani finishes it. That was it, 95th minute. There's Incredible. No it there. was almost cruel from the visitors to give to give Barcelona that sniff of hope before quickly whipping it away. Now, we saw the celebrations after. It goes about saying, right, it was a derby game to go top of the league. It, we couldn't really get much bigger for Girona. Do we believe? Do we think? I mean, we've mentioned this before on previous podcasts. You know me, I'm a romantic. I believe Girona can do this. I felt very strongly about that. Just watching their performances... 
But what do you think about their title aspirations this year? Are they real? They are. They are very real. Um, you have to think about where Girona have come from. You have to think about what even their objectives would have been at the start of the season. I would say European football may have been their objective, but objectives change, dreams change. And this team will be thinking, you couldn't not think about the glory which could possibly happen. Although I'll emphasize, I think they have the right mindset. Daily Blin said in his post-match interview, you know, they've just beaten Barcelona. Everyone's going to ask, can you win the league? And the right mentality is we take it game by game. They don't have European football to worry about midweek. They only are playing in two competitions, so they can focus all their energy on the league, prepare tactically for each game, and see how far it brings them. Um, if they keep playing like they did at Barcelona, why not? Yeah, I mean, it was. It, I'm really happy you mentioned Daily Blind there. The the they've got a good mix of youth and experience in this squad, and there's no reason, honestly, watching the way they played. We've mentioned it already, but the way they played Barcelona and the way they got to that victory really shows some serious strength from that team and really it's putting their, they're going to stamp their mark on this league this season. Obviously, there are some villains in this story. I know, I know we all want a fairy tale story, but there are some potential villains in this story who only just trail behind them, who do play some wonderful football of their own. Raheem over the top, Bellingham, chance! Chance taken! Jude Bellingham yet again! It Real Betis nil, Real Madrid one. 25 minutes to play. Betis looking for an equaliser. This is Ruibal. Oh, that is special. Aitor Ruibal with a masterpiece. It's one all. There was a key game in the La Liga season this weekend in Seville between Real Betis and Real Madrid. And in the context of the title race, this is very important. With Girona high flying, these types of game, albeit against good opposition in Real Betis, Real Madrid would would go into it expecting to win. How do you see it, Luke? Yes, I mean I I fully understand what you're saying there, but I I do side with Carlo Ancelotti here. I do think for a team of this much wealth of experience, a team who's won it all before, a point away at Betis, I don't think it will worry them too much this stage of the season. And that's coming from somebody who fully believes Girona can do this. I mean, a game, incredible game and two incredible goals. Surprise, surprise again. The man involved <laughs> for Real Madrid was, of course, Jude Bellingham, which is his 12th goal in the Liga this season. Um, you know, it feels like we're, it's a broken record at this stage, but Bellingham, uh, it was again one of those goals where he decided, right, now it's time for me to score. Gets it out on the left, dribbles in. The thing about it, like just a, a small detail, I think when he gets the ball, he does like a little ball roll step over, then dribbles, then passes to Brahim, makes the perfect diagonal run across. And I have to give credit to Brahim Diaz, a beautiful chip ball over the top. And talk us through the control and finish. I mean, the, the only thing really here is to say that this is a man you could see is just brimming with confidence. The way he's took that goal is like it's been for the whole season for him. Football's too easy. I'm playing for Real Madrid, but it doesn't matter. Here's another goal. Incredible. Takes on the chest, then finishes it with his right through the keeper's legs. This is Drew Bellingham. I mean, 
the quality is is off the charts and yeah a brilliant goal in in a in a tight game you know they needed a bit of brilliance and Jude brought that but uh, talk us through the equaliser well, I mean, what a goal if the first was good the equaliser was arguably even better I mean most people would say it was I mean absolute screamer there's not much else to say about it it took the roof of the net with it um, incredible goal by Ruby Alves just no doubt about it and they were close to grabbing the winner as well yeah it ended in in a, a chance for a player who you know this game is very special for Isco of course coming up against some former teammates his former club where you know he won a lot of silverware and he had the chance to win it in the last minute and the ball comes in Isco's there you know he saw his name in lights and he nearly executed it perfectly. Unfortunately for him, it just hit the post. It ended one all in the end. You know, it's a place that's difficult to go there, the Benito Villa Marine, against the quality side in Betis. Um, and it's an interesting game in the, in the context of the title race. Real Madrid didn't get the three points. I wouldn't say they dropped points because it was an important point. But uh, yeah, it's a difficult place to go, Real Betis. Talking about difficult places to go. Atletico de Madrid, they just keep on winning at home. Glorious chance for Morata around the keeper and in. Very well finished indeed by Morata. It is the final whistle and Atletico have held on. They really had to scrape their way to the victory in the end. And by no means was it a straightforward victory in the Metropolitano on Sunday. An early kickoff for Atletico Madrid. Griezmann, of course, received his Player of the Month award. Um, and he continued his good form. He assisted the first goal of the game for Alvaro Morata in the 17th minute. Soon after that, Angel Correa got the second. And, and at that stage, I was thinking, it's going to be a straightforward victory for Atleti. It looked plain sailing. It was one of those games that so nearly got away from Atleti. But in the end, they showed that same resilience to hold on and record a 17th consecutive La Liga victory at home. Just incredible. And that is the sort of form that could put them in this title race, right? For sure. It, it wasn't straightforward. Baptiste Stau got a, got a goal in the second half, 62nd minute, after a deflection, which made it difficult for All Black. Baptiste Stau was alive in the box, finished it. And yeah, it was, you know, Aleti had to see it out in the end, but that's what they've been so good at doing, especially at home. They don't panic. They trust themselves and their defensive ability, which is kind of what the team is built on. A defensive prowess is so often what we relate to a Diego Simeone side, right? But there's one important thing to mention here. Something that may be going under the radar totally is actually that Atleti are the only team from the Europe's five major leagues to have two different players with 13 or more goals in all competitions. Antoine Griezmann, player of the month for November, and Alvaro Morata. Two players who are at the top of their game right now and they link up so well together. Um, Griezmann and, and Morata have a, a really good understanding. And yeah, if they want to have their say in the La Liga title race this year, those players will have to keep performing as well as they are right now. I cannot wait to see how the season progresses. Yeah, I'm buzzing to be honest. It's, it's just getting better and better. Incredible, incredible. And Girona sit at the summit for the moment, but that is very much a story to be continued. 
So that's kind of a, a bit of a roundup for the main topic of conversation this weekend, which which was the title race due to some of the important results which we saw. But now we want to bring you into to an interview that I had with Ben Brereton Diaz recently. What a guy. A really nice fella who who I've met a couple of times this season. I, I filmed some content with him in Villarreal at the start of the season. And then he jumped on a call with us recently and and he answered a few of our questions. So we're very excited to bring you this interview with Ben. And here it is. We have Ben Burton Diaz on today. We're going to have a quick chat about football, of course, his, uh, his rise to professional football and some questions about uh, to get to know Ben a bit more as well. So, yeah, as I said, we'll start with the football stuff. Um, so you're obviously playing for Villarreal now. You signed uh, last transfer window from Blackburn. But I want to go back to the start. Um, can you tell us about your first football in memory? Uh, no, when I get asked this question, I always, I always say that when I, when I was younger, you know, when you've got no, uh, no worries about trying to do anything special, you're just with your mates after school, uh, playing football, having a laugh on the field. And, uh, for me, those were the, were the, were the good times when you're just with your mates after school playing football. And, uh, but yeah, I've, I've played football all through my, my, uh, younger ages with my, my dad, my family and friends. So, uh, it's been a big part of the family. Then you grew up in Stoke-on-Trent, is that right? Yeah, no, born in uh, in Stoke-on-Trent, lived there for for all my life, up to 17, then moved to Nottingham Forest and uh, uh, lived there for, for a few years. And when you were when you were a kid, when you were playing, as you say, like in the in the schoolyard after school, did you stand out? Did you did you know you were a good player, or did it kind of come later on that you realised how good you were? No, when I, when I when I was younger, I was uh, I wouldn't say I was the best, but I was in my school. I was like one of the the people at the academies and stuff like that. And uh, there was a few people in the in the academies in my school. But but no, since I, I've always had a ball at my feet since a young age. So so I think naturally when you when you're doing that from a young age, when you're younger, you, you're naturally good when you when you're quite young. So that's all I ever known, you know. So it was uh, yeah, just love playing football. And. At that age, who was your like football and hero? Who did you really look up to? Uh, when I was younger, probably Wayne Rooney. So I used to, uh, to like watch Man United play football. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely Wayne Rooney. The goals and the aggression and uh, what talent, you know. Good choice, to be fair. And so, what were what youth academies were you were you involved with as a child? So I started at, when I was really young, up to about 14, 15 at, at Manchester United. And then from there, I got released, went to Stoke for a little bit. And then Nottingham Forest, Blackburn. And what was it? Was the training like, would you have to like travel up to Manchester when you were in the academy? Like, how did that work? Well, yeah, I was I was in the academy for, I think, maybe six, seven years. And obviously from Stoke, it's a, it's an hour, it's an hour journey every year. Uh, three or four times a week. So it was definitely, uh, it was hard, you know, after school, going uh, an hour to, to train, but uh, so my family loved it. So my mum and dad were always on the motorway with me, traveling to their training, which uh, which I have fond memories of and I enjoyed it. So it was uh, definitely new experiences and, and stuff. So it was, it was good. At that age, did you then get like opportunities with the, with the national team? 
No, no, that was I was too young. The the first time I I got called up for for England was when I was at um, uh, Nottingham Forest in the in the in the Scholars. Okay. What 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 age was that? Be Scholars. What it, what age would that be? Underage. Uh, under like seventeen, eighteen. That type of so you, that type of way. So you played you played for England in a couple of international tournaments, and then there's obviously a a special story about you kind of finding the connection to Chile. Can you kind of explain that story? It's a good one. Well, definitely, yeah. Um, no, so at a younger age, I was playing for the England, like under 19s and 18s, stuff like that, a few times. And uh, and now when I was at Blackburn, I uh, hit some good form and started scoring some goals and having good games. And, uh, and yeah, I got a phone call saying they uh, that the Chilean FA wanted to... to bring me into the Copper America. This was, I think, uh, four, three or four years ago. And for me, it was a, it was a no-brainer, you know, what a, a country, the, the great players that play for their country. So uh, obviously, because I don't know, um, know the language and stuff like that, obviously it was a big decision. But for me, as soon as I found out, it was a, a no-brainer. I wanted to do it straight away. For those who don't know, like, what was the connection through your family to Chile? Yeah, so my mum is from Chile, and she came to England when she was when she was younger. She came to England. She didn't know any of the any English, but the, her her and her family came over for, into Stoke because of the potteries, because they done a little bit of that stuff in in Chile. So they came over to Stoke uh, because Stoke's a famous for pottery. So um, so yeah, they came over, and uh, and yeah, my mum met my dad, and and here we are today. Um. So yeah, you mentioned getting the call up to Chile. What? When did you make your debut? What? What? Who did you play against in your debut? Uh, my debut is in the in the Copa America against Argentina. So I came on. I think the ten minutes to go, I was I was a bit nervous, but uh, wow, was a, it was a great moment for me and my 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 family, my Chilean family, and uh, they're really proud. So it was nice to put a smile on the faces, but it was a crazy moment. So yeah, yeah. I assume Messi was playing, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Messi was uh, was playing. I only got ten minutes, but it was uh, it was good for me. It was all a all a blur, you know. I can't really remember much from the game, but it was it was a good experience. Nice. So yeah, just talking about some we've mentioned Messi there, obviously a La Liga icon. And um, you play with Alexis Sanchez in the in the national team. He plays in a similar enough position to you. Obviously, he's had a really successful career. Does he like give you tips? Does he help you out like when you're training and and do you like playing with him? No, I definitely you know. Uh, first of all, what an amazing player! You know, he's done it for for years now. And uh, and now, when I first met him, there, he was he was very nice to me, welcome me. Obviously, he speaks good English from being in England for for many years and and playing well. So, uh, so yeah, he's always talking to me, and uh, we've got a good connection. So it's uh, it's nice to. I've, to learn off such a good player and watch him in trainings, just uh, it's really good, and you, you can only just watch him and and take little bits and and the quality of what he does. So uh, so no, he's he's really good. Um, so yeah, you're saying you link up you link up well with with Alexis Sanchez, but let's bring it to Villarreal. Who have you been enjoying enjoying playing with so far since you've arrived? No, at, at this club, there's so many amazing players. You know, they've um, it's really a good bond in the in the team. Um, some players, Jerry Moreno, he's 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 good. He's scored lots of goals in the league for Villarreal, and uh, watching him train is is good. You know, his his left foot is 
is amazing. He scores goals and uh, his build-up play and his technical ability is also good to get other people in, involved in the game. So he's definitely a, a great player. In the transition of being from from obviously playing all your career in England to coming to Spain, not only the the different culture, but like how the the club itself is set up, like with a really good youth academy. And um, how has it been adapting to the Villarreal lifestyle? No, definitely. When I when it first come uh, come around, you know, I was uh, I definitely showed interest, you know, and in did my research. What an amazing club and. Obviously, the the one Europa League and stuff like this, and it's just a since being here, you can see how much of a family club it is. Um, everyone's together, and uh, and no, definitely it was. Uh, it's 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 been amazing so far, and I can't wait to for continue. Okay, so that kind of taken us up to where you are now in your career, playing in La Liga, you know, one of the biggest leagues in the world. How has it been like competing with? With players at this level, so a bad for you? No, no, definitely. No, it's a it's a step up from uh, from uh, myself. We're playing in the, in the championship. It's definitely a step up, and I've not got much game time yet. But obviously, just keep working hard. And and when I've got played the games, uh, played a couple in Europa League, and and uh, if you're in the Liga, it's uh, it's a great league, competitive, and uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to to keep learning and to keep uh, to keep playing in the games and and. Uh, Hopefully, get some goals. Brilliant. So, really good insight there in your your football career from from your childhood right up to now. But let's go a bit. We want to learn, know a bit more about your personal life. So, you know, you play for Villarreal. It's in a really beautiful part of Spain. And um, what do you do in your free time, like when you're not training, when you're not playing games? Yeah, so in my in my free time, obviously the the weather's a lot different from where I'm from in Stoke on Trent. So it's a lot of more outside in the garden uh, with my girlfriend. I've got a, a a son, nine months old. So to to spend some time with him after training and stuff like that in a in such a beautiful country and it's it's, it's amazing, you know. So I like to get home, relax, enjoy myself, and, and then come to train the next day. And it's uh, it's it's amazing, you know. Then the the, the culture, the the food and everything. So it's a, it's a great place. Is there any sports you, you play outside? Do you play golf or anything like that? No, I'm not a big fan of golf, but I've uh, played a few times paddle because I've got one in the uh, near where I live. So, uh, yeah, when I get invited to play some paddle, I, I enjoy it. It's a good game. Uh, yeah, and no, I like it. You know, I, I used to play tennis a little bit when I was younger, but you'd always run after the ball. And in paddle, it's just getting off the balls and it's, it's a bit easier, job. Yeah. It's a bit more fun and I enjoy it. It's really good. Cool. And so are you into like music? What type of music taste do you have? Uh, I'm into me, me country music. Uh, that like, uh, specifically, like Luke Combs? Yeah, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, I like me uh, country music. Wouldn't listen to that like before games, country music to get you pumped up? No, probably not before games, but in the, in the drive into training and uh, and at home, sit back and relax. And it's just a, I feel like it's just a nice music. You know, you sit there and enjoy your time, and yeah, nothing too crazy. You know, it's it's just relaxed. It's nice. Yeah, it must be nice, like driving in the sun to training, listening to to some country music. Boy, yeah, it's <laughs> by the way it's meant to be listened to. 
And do you what have you are you watching any series at the moment? Uh yeah, I'm big on the uh I'm big on Vikings, so uh so I've I've watched all of them, The Last Kingdom, uh the Vikings, Valhalla Vikings, so I, I love I love all that and uh and yeah, and have I finished all of them now, so I need to find something something new, but I, I love the the Viking shows. Did you watch the David Beckham documentary? Yeah, yeah, no, I watched uh, I watched that. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. I, I liked it. It was uh, I thought it was really good. So I didn't yeah. know I didn't know off the stuff that that uh, that happened and involved in him. You know, so it was a nice insight to to see obviously the good times and the bad times. So it was it was a good watch. Really well done. I mean, we're we're similar ages, so like we knew. I suppose we knew how good Beckham was from from being yeah. told not really watched him that much so it was really cool to like see all the, yeah. the behind the scenes of his career it was brilliant i don't know half the stuff that happened you know so it was it was interesting and so in the the off season when you get some time of football because it's it's an intense job do you have like a favorite holiday destination uh i mean it'd be different you know with my friends Probably a lot Ibiza is good with my friends and probably family wise. Uh quite enjoy Greece. I like to go to Greece. It's nice. But to be fair, now now because I've uh with with uh, with Chile, you know, it's tough, you know, because you've got uh stuff to get away because you've got games in the uh, off season as well. Like we, this this summer we've got the Copper America, so it's uh it's tough to get away, but when you can it's nice. Yeah. Very fast schedule. And flying back and forward, what is it like? You know, you have to do a lot of traveling to play for the Chilean national team. That must be quite, quite taxing on you. No, there's a lot of traveling. You know, um, so from from here, uh, Valencia to Madrid, and then Madrid to uh, Santiago, which all together is about 15, 15 hours on on the plane. 14, 15 hours. But I've done it that many times now. It's kind of like. Uh, it's it's easy, you know. Going there, going there on the night flight is is easy, but the 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 worst part is coming back because of the time difference. So it kind of it does you for a day or two, but after that, you're fine. Okay, well, we're coming to the end of of this interview, so thanks very much for coming on. The last question I have is, what do you think you would have become if you weren't a footballer? Uh, I wasn't a footballer. I think definitely something to do to do with sports, um, but I never. But see, all, all the time when I was young, you know, I never really in school and that. When people say, "Oh, you need to focus on this," I was always always thought I was I was gonna do well in, in football, but obviously that doesn't happen all the time. But for me, it was all about football and my family and stuff like that. But but yeah, maybe something to do with sports. I don't know, like a, maybe a teacher or I don't know. But but yeah. Well, yeah, sport has always been a massive part of your life, and it's it's nice that you you've made a career out of it. So yeah, thanks very much, Ben. That was really interesting interview. And cheers for coming on. No problem. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Ben Brereton Diaz, guys. What a fantastic and lovely guy, and we hope we can have him back on the podcast soon. There's plenty more to come, though. From whichever part of the world you are listening. Please follow or subscribe on the platform you're using. And most importantly, leave a rating. It really helps us. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Subscribe and follow. 
and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye now.